How's it going? Happy New Year. This is the very first episode of the New Year. Uh, we'll be talking a bit about all the cool new stuff coming up for the New Year. And I want to welcome everybody again back to my podcast. Uh, this is the Home Inspection Network, where we talk about everything home inspection and more, including the housing market, uh, California, and so forth. Everyone has... Uh, their own agenda this year. Either you're buying a new house, you have a house, you're doing repairs, or you need to uh, sell your house. Either of these options are good for a home inspection. Uh, some people, you can do this on your own as well. You can go around your house and you can take a look at certain things that I've mentioned on my previous um, podcast. So if you feel like you need any additional questions, like you don't know exactly what to do, or maybe your pricing market in your area is bad, or you don't know where it's going to go this next year, go ahead and give me a message. I can start answering those questions. Even if you're in a different state or different country, uh, I have ways now of accessing certain databases around different areas that kind of help you. And then if you have any houses that maybe you're looking at potentially, and you need to send me some pictures or something like that, let me know, and I'll send you over to the Home Inspection Network's website uh, where you can always send things. Or you can go to my email, which is uh, LLC at gmail.com. You can email me anytime, and I'll be able to then answer your questions. I check it daily about four to five, sometimes six times a day. So there's no problem there. I'll be able to answer your questions within the same day. Sometimes it may be within 24 hours. I always say at least 24 hours. Give me that time because I could be doing a home inspection. And then, you know, I have to check my email, of course, uh, before and after the home inspection. Uh, that way I can get everything out and the reports out at the correct time. Now, today I want to go over something that I still haven't actually gone over in any of my previous podcasts. The inspection report. So every inspection report is different. And how do you read it? Uh, it it's very, sometimes it's complicated, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's self explanatory. Other times, you know, the inspector just has a weird way of talking or a weird description based system that they put into their home inspections. Well, every home inspection report should have pictures. That means that every home inspector that goes into your house or goes through the house that you're inspecting and that they're inspecting that you're going to buy or sell or whatever have you, you should at least see them take pictures. If they're not taking pictures, what are they doing? You know, because they have to have some type of documentation stating that they were present at the location. You have to have some type of uh, anything you can't just be a piece of paper with writing on it saying, oh, yeah, the bathtub uh, cocking was deteriorated and, and failing or so forth. No, they have to have pictures identifying the issue at hand that you they need to be repaired. And then this will allow you to have that credit if you're buying a house. And if you're selling a house, it helps you to know what you need to fix before or even during the sell uh, or if you are doing a pre-sale or if you're buying even a new home, there's always pictures. So that's the proof. Secondly, there's the description. So the proof is the picture. 
description's identification of what there is, what is happening, what has happened, what is happening. So the before, after, and present. Either on my reports, I'm going to put in previous repairs, which is past, uh, or the present would be the caulking is deteriorated, or the future where the caulking will deteriorate within a certain amount of time due to water infiltration and uh, sloppy caulking or incorrect method of repairs and so forth. Incorrect method of repairs is a futuristic issue, something that could potentially damage that area or has started to damage the area, but not to the point where it's going to be a big issue. So definitely want to have the descriptions in every report so you'll know exactly what you're looking at in that report. If you are looking at an inspection report and you see the picture and then you see the description and there's no previous, present, or future description like is, was, or is going to, and it's just deteriorated, repair immediately. Well, that's horrible. I would totally ask for at least 50% of your money back, if not more. And yes, home inspectors out there, there are a few that make a lot of mistakes, or maybe they're new, and they will agree to refund some money back. Usually it's not 100%. I mean, very rarely have I ever gotten 100% back. But I have, even as a home inspector, I cannot home inspect my own homes. So if I buy a house, someone else has to do my inspections. I can't do it. So yes, the um, home inspector that I hire is usually the person who trained me. Uh, or if he's not available, I'll pick somebody else who's been doing it for at least 20 or 30 years. And that's really hard to find because everybody's been lying about how long they've really been in the business. So I'll, I'll go to um, the ASHI website, which is American Society of Home Inspectors. And I'll go to that website and then it'll have all the inspectors in my area with all their phone numbers and everything. So I can just give them a call and they'll tell me how many years they've been in business or how many years they've been with ASHI and so forth. And that always helps too. Now I've been with ASHI for 14 years. So ASHI is going to show in my database under my company name all the companies I have that I've registered with them and how long I've been a member and what stage member I'm in. Either associate, um, inspector, master inspector, and so forth. So it's that'll all be in there. And you'll be able to see everybody's uh, grade, you know, how many how many credits they do and so forth every year. So it's it's very good to get to know your inspector as well. So either before the inspection, you want to kind of maybe do a little grading, uh, ask them some questions like I've asked, you know, I put into my previous podcast. But every report should have that picture or pictures, I like to put more than one, and then the description. And then underneath that or next to it, you'll also have the grade of um, of what that is. So, for example, my every report is different, but my report is basically like this. I have inspected, 
needs improvement, not inspected, needs repairs immediately, or cannot inspect. Those are the five that I have. So if it needs repairs immediately, then I'll put in that as a uh, now and future. So if it needs to, if it is deteriorated or it's start to deteriorate but not completely deteriorate or start uh, there's an issue where there could be deterioration within the near future within three months or less i always put that in there and then if not then just needs repair um basic you know basically you're just identifying that their key issue is there and that either it's a previous issue or it's an issue still or now and you just need to fix that no future so it's always important for you to see that on your report. So when you're reading a report, you're looking through your report, usually you'll get a PDF. I send my clients out an email. They can click on it, I give them a secret password, and they get their own username. And then when they access the reports, they have the report for life. It doesn't matter if my company goes under, it's in the cloud. And in this cloud, it usually works for the rest of the, the time that the company is that company, the cloud-based company is, is available. They've been in business for about 20 years. I don't see them going under anytime soon. They've become even bigger than they were when I first started. They've even changed their name and they're huge now. So so I don't even uh, I don't even worry about them at all. So yes, definitely want to um, have all that. You can always ask your inspector too if they can show you previous reports. That's like the number one thing that usually people will ask. Like I'll send them up, like all realtors ask me, at least uh, he sent me a couple reports, you know, and then says it's confidential. It's a, a realtor. Of course, I'll send them reports. If it's a client, then I'll send them a report from like two years ago. Excuse me. Statute of limitations for California is two years. So they can't sue you after two years. So you can, of course, you can send them a report anyway. I mean, as long as it's been a certain amount of time and the house has been sold, the seller or the even the buyer can't do anything if you show someone else your report. Normally, it's confidential, but that's the logistics of it. So there's um, that setup, all set up for you so you can see your reports. You should be able to send the report out. Um, the, the inspector should be able to send the report out the same day or within 24 hours. If you get an inspector that's saying that it takes them 48 hours, it's very unheard of. I don't think I've ever heard of an inspector saying 48 hours. I mean, maybe, I guess if, if I was doing a lot of jobs, I would say 48 hours, but it's very rare that I would even do that. I mean, I always get them done the same day. I mean, I could do up to three home inspection reports. I've done four. Up to four home inspection reports the same day. I like to do three though, because four just, oh my gosh, takes too long, especially if I'm already doing three home inspections, going home, and then doing each report. But sometimes I'll go out with my laptop, I'll do an inspection. The next inspection is not until one, and I have like an hour or so. I'll do my inspection um, report in the, in the truck, and then um, and I'll go to the next job, and then I'll go to my last job and go home, and I only have two reports to do. Sometimes I'll do that. Um, it really depends on what kind of inspector you get. If they're energetic then you know you're going to have a good inspection report and a very good um, inspection going on and you can walk around with most inspectors some inspectors get very annoyed by it 
So you can, you don't have to ask them any questions. You can just like, you know, check in on them once in a while or, you know, so forth. See where they are. Look at around your house. And with an inspector, we have this thing called like the inspector's eye. So when we walk at, at the front of a house, we can just see. I mean, I usually just walk into the house. I see everything. Um, you know, the cracks and the chips, the previous repairs and the, you know, the only things that are well hidden are like piping system issues, electrical issues. You're going to have leaks underneath the sink sometimes. Um, and then, you know, a lot of clients will also, well, I wouldn't say a lot, I say most clients will, will usually lie to you if it's a big house in a very expensive area. Like tomorrow, I was supposed to go out to a home inspection in Leadman, and Leadman, the pricing is right, $900 for a home inspection uh, for a 3,500-square-foot house. They have a 3,800-square-foot house, but he told me it was 26. So I put him down at a lower amount. Now, I had to change that, of course, because he didn't properly tell me how big his house was. So later on, I found out how big the house was, and then I, I of course, I raised my price and I gave him still that discount because of the original. But I I, under, I totally undercharged him by like a, almost $200. So he's getting a, a $200 off his home inspection tomorrow. But I'll make it up by seeing which other things he may want. So I'm helping him out and hoping that he would want more um, services through our company. But we'll see how it works out. And... That's another thing about a home inspection company. Not every home inspection company is the same. Like my home inspection company, we provide multiple services from home inspections, solar inspections, sewer line inspections, sewer lateral inspections, scoping inspections, uh, termite inspections, pest control inspections. I mean, we do so many. We even do bird exclusions. We do... Uh, bug exclusions, mice exclusions, rat exclusions. We do so many different things that it's it's unheard of. And we're going to be going into home, hopefully, homeowners insurance and auto insurance later this year. So I've expanded my company in the last 14 years. We started out with construction. We were doing home inspections and, and contracting work. We moved on to termite inspections with home inspections and contracting work. We kind of dropped the, the contracting work in the last couple of years, uh, except for when the pandemic was pretty big. We That was our bread and butter right there for a while. Um, home inspections were almost obsolete in California because I guess people were were not wanting a home inspection because they were the, the realtors were skipping it or signing off. And the people who purchased their houses, I mean, these are old houses they were purchasing. They were purchasing big houses, but there were so many issues and now they're asking for home inspections because they didn't get them. They they didn't want them or something. So that was back in 2020 uh, and 2021. And then now in 2023, we're getting I'm getting all these calls about I you know I bought my house in 2021 or I bought my house in 2020. We didn't know there were so many issues originally. We skipped our home inspection before we purchased the house. And I asked him, why did you do that? Why did you just get the home inspection? Because I knew a lot of people did. Um, the realtors would tell me, you know. And um, they would just tell me that, you know, we were going to just tear down the house and build a new one. Or we were going to uh, gut the house and then just build, you know, 
everything from brand new scratch. So we could just have the frame. And it was just not a really good idea for them. And I'm really happy that I was able to, to talk to them further about that. Because that, that really helps you, you know. If you're buying a house, even if I was buying a house, sometimes a home inspection is very expensive. I mean, I'm buying the house already. I'm putting $140,000 down. And then on top of that, I have to pay four or $500 for a home inspection, $250 for a termite inspection, and then the appraisal is $400. So you're spending a lot of money. You know, you have to have a good amount of $300,000 in the bank or maybe at least 200000 if you're going in for a house. You're not going to have a lot of money left over, but at least if you hired everybody you're supposed to, you'll have everything. But some of these people were buying houses with minimal amount of money, and some of them were even under 20%. And if you're under 20% in California, 20% down, um, you, like 18 for example, you're paying taxes, additional taxes. If you pay over the 20%, you pay no taxes on the purchase of your house, but when you sell the house, you normally would pay that taxes instead. And the, you know, so you're going to pay your taxes on the sell, but not on the buy. That's how California works. That's why so many people are buying houses in California as well from Florida or wherever else, even Arizona. We had a lot of people from Florida, Arizona, uh, Delaware lately, Pennsylvania, Texas. Uh, they come into California and they, they, they are able to buy their house equally at a good price without paying that additional taxes. And that's mostly because, you know, we have that rule. Um, you pay over that 20%, you pay no additional taxes. So it's it works in everybody's favor. Um, but with the home inspection reports, you know, you, you can't always, you can just do a thing called um, a verbal instead of an actual report. Now, there are a lot of different types of home inspectors out there. My company, we start out with just reports, but there are people where when I go out to do my home inspection, they just want it verbally. They want no report done at all. They want no, nothing sent to them in, through an email. To do this, usually it's on a 1031 exchange, by the way, I lower my price by 50% or sometimes even 65% dependent on how big and how old the house is. So if they just want a verbal inspection or a verbal report, I will do my home inspection and then I will give them a verbal report. Now that normally if it's in the Bay Area, it's $500 for a regular inspection to $600 for regular inspection. I mean, that's minimum. Uh, verbal would be about $375 to $400. Sometimes I'll go as low as $265. The inspection will take me about, if it normally, if they want to report, it's about two hours, almost three hours for the inspection. Without the report, it's about an hour and a half to two hours for the inspection. What's the difference? The difference to it is I don't need to take that many pictures. When I'm doing a full inspection on a home, I'm taking anywhere from 400 to 725 pictures. I don't use all of them in my reports. I use the ones I need, but I take pictures of all the areas that way for my own protection. If they were to come back, the seller or so forth saying, oh, look, you damaged my roof during your inspection or you damaged this during my inspection. I can go, nope, here's the pictures 
before and after I was there. That way it shows nothing. And there's timestamps too, so they can see the exact time of everything. So they can't come back at me for anything. Now that's the most important thing about being a home inspector, covering your butt. Take a picture of the whole room, take a picture of, and then go around, take pictures of things you find, and then use the ones you find in your report, and then you have the other one, and it will stay there for about two to three years. Uh, we, as home inspectors, have to have all pictures on file for at least one year. So it's pictures only. But per paperwork, that means includes all reports, have to be available for at least two to three years, dependent. If it's ASHI, it's three years. If it's state, it's two years. So ASHI, Mirrorside Home Inspectors, they want me to have everything for three years. That's why I have the cloud. I pay $89 a month for, for the whole system. That includes the database the cloud, and my reporting software. Uh, it's very expensive, but it is the best software on the market. Ashy has backed it, and Ashy is telling me to use it. You don't have to use it. You can use a free one. I choose this because I find it uh, as a very good software. I don't think everybody likes it, though. I think some people will like it. Some people don't like it. It really depends, I guess, on uh, preference. But you can change it, the templates, you can change it completely to make it look any way you want it to look. So if someone doesn't like the way it looks the first way, you know, change it up a little bit. Everything in the database is going to be pretty much the same. It's going to have exterior, it's going to have roof, which is going to cover the eaves and everything, like, and the, um, you know, the gutters and the skylights. Exterior is going to cover the exterior windows and siding and floors and others, um, including the the cement walkways, the driveways, plants, shrubberies, and that kind of thing. You're going to have your, um, let's see, interior, your kitchen, your structures, which will be your attic spaces and underneath the house, if there is a crawl space. You have your insulation, which will cover top, bottom, whatever you have to. Um, you'll have your plumbing. You have your electrical. And electrical also covers like sub-panels, uh, including regular panels and electrical under and over. So if it goes underground wiring or, or up um, overhead wiring, either way. Uh, Three-wire method, so your neutral, your ground, and your... Um, power. Uh, you'll also have a few additional things like fences. Uh, your plumbing will have your hot water heater and, and everything plumbing, including where your gas main and water main is location, located. So I always put on my reports, I put in like if I on the report has water main and gas main with location. So if the water main is at the front of the house, I say uh, water main was inspected at the front of the house. No adverse conditions were added. Are noted, you know, if there is, and I do a water test, and the pressure is under 40 psi, then of course I put that. If it's over 80 psi, I put the reason why it's over 80 psi. Anytime the water's over 80 psi on a water main, though, it's it's always the same thing. It's always the regulator. The regulator's bad. It blew. If the regulator goes, you're over 80 psi. That's just how it works. 
So even a plumber will tell you that as well. So yeah, it has everything in there. And then um, attic space, crawl spaces. Crawl spaces has like a whole bunch of dishes and stuff. And then attic space will have structures and sheathing and, you know, rafters and, and extra stuff there. Um, and then it also has the heating and cooling. So the HVAC or heating system just says heating on my report. And then it switches over to heating, AC, air ducts. And more like there's a lot of stuff, including like drainage system underneath the um, HVAC system. If it's a stand, um, if it's a vertical or horizontal, it also has like upper and lower venting. Uh, and with the air ducts, they'll have your return air ventilation system, evaporator coil for the AC, and the AC condenser. So you'll be able to have all that on my on my report. It's very complex. It's very um, individualized. So if I go to electrical, I'm going to have my electrical grounding, uh, sub-panels. I'm going to have my amperage, wiring, and breaker system. So when I open up the wiring, I check inside. I can see the wires connected to each breaker, if they're not connected, and so forth. And I'll have pictures, of course, and goes into that category. And then on the report, you'll see it as that category, and you'll see the pictures and the description underneath. So... It's very descriptive, you know, you're going to have a very good inspection report. And that's why I like this inspection software. Now, even though you're changing the template, you're always going to have those categories. But they're just going to be mixed around and the template will be a little bit different. So the good thing about the software is, let's say you are a plumber and you're just doing plumbing inspections and you're changing out pipes. Well, that's in there. If you're doing water treatment systems or water treatment in a house, that's in there. You're doing sewer lateral systems, that's in there. There's a template for everything. You're just a roofer, a contractor, and you need to do the roof, that's in there. There's a template for that, a template for plumbers, template for electricians, template for everybody, including home inspectors. And there's also a template or in custom templates, you can make your own from scratch. Make it look whichever way you want. So this the system's very diverse. It's not simplistic. It's not set up for just a singular company to work on it. I think they made it wide range like this. So any company would use their system and use their software. And that's good because then, you know, I'm not limited. If I want to switch careers... I can still use it if I'm if I'm within one of those careers, you know, one of the five or six categories. If I'm not, then it probably won't benefit me much. Um, but yeah, anyway, if you need to get a hold of me again, email home inspect services LLC at gmail.com. And you can also get a hold of me here on the podcast. You can uh, tune in uh, wherever you get your podcast. You can uh, message me through that podcast app, and then I'll be able to get it. I'm on every podcasting across the United States and the world. Yes, I said the world. So I'm like, I'm in, you hear me from Canada. I get a lot of people from Canada listening on me. And yes, I I am not only in Canada, but I'm also in, in Africa. I'm in Europe. I'm in the United States. I'm... And Asia, I'm everywhere. So if you need to get a hold of me, 
just uh, you can message me in. And then, yes, I'll get your message. Even if you're in a different language, that's okay. You can message me in a different language if English is not your primary language. I do have a translator, and I can translate back to you in your language of the answer of to your question. So go ahead and message me. It's no problem at all. I don't mind. I really want everybody to kind of put your uh, brain together. You know, let me know what's going on in your area. I, I really don't mind answering any question there is. And I'm really into finding out more about your area, your house. So if you're in Canada, if you're like Montreal, or if you're in Toronto, or if you're in, you know, first province, I'm familiar with a lot of parts of Canada. I've only been to uh, two areas in Canada, so I'm not like really familiar, but I've seen the houses from farmland to city, and I understand the year, and I understand a lot of the plumbing actually in Canada because Canadian plumbing was brought into the United States in the earlier years of um, the 19th century from, you know, 1960s to 1985. So I'm very familiar. And then I also know about the plumbing aspect and and what they use for their ABS system uh, for your sinks and kitchens and so forth. So I'm very familiar with Canada. Asia, I'm also familiar with. Uh, China, Malaysia. Um, I've been to both those places and, and I'm familiar with the way the plumbing works there the way the houses are, and so if you're in China or even if you're in Malaysia or if you're farther out in India, that's no problem. I can also help you out there. I'm familiar with those areas, and I know how the plumbing works. Uh, if you have a plumbing issue, I know you don't usually drink the water in India at all, actually, uh, but you do use it for cooking uh, and boiling. So there is um, there is some issues with the way your your pipes are running, but I can help you with if you have other issues like if your house or roof needs to be repaired and you need help, uh, what's the best method? If you have a two-story house, you know, a hip roof, what's your best method for repairing something like that? If you want to do it on your own or if you want, if you need help, um, shingle roof, tile roof, clay roof, no problem. Metal roof, no problem. Uh, familiar with all those. So if you have any questions at all, Send in your questions. No problem. It'd be great to hear from you all. I would love to listen and know more about where you live. And then I can help you out the best way I can. So if there's any questions, go ahead and send them in. Uh, message me here. Message me my email. You can send it into my email. No problem. And we will uh, we'll go through those. Now, with the finishing off the report, every inspection report should have the company name on the top a picture of your house the front usually their license number for the company or the person and then the person's name and then their phone number and um, whatever's on their business card basically and without any of that on there on the report it's not a real report it has to have the company name it has to have the time and date it has to have the license number, uh, inspection number, or their inspection name with their number. All that has to be on there. If it's not on there, you do not have a complete report. 
And if you don't have a complete report, it's not legal binding, which means that if you want to get credit for it, the lender or underwriters may not approve because the information is missing. Every realtor is going to ask for that report. And every realtor is going to want to know about your report and where, you know, they're going to send it off to the lender, they're going to send it off to the underwriters, to the lending company or title company, so they have the information. They don't have that information on there, they're going to send it back to you. So you have to, you have to come back and get it. So make sure you get it from the inspector right away. Well, I'm actually kind of late here tonight, uh, 9.18 p.m. I do have to get up at 5.30 tomorrow morning on a Sunday, uh, the 9th or so forth. I have to um, go to a home inspection at 8, and then I will be back at 1. So what I'll do is I'm going to Las Vegas this week. I'll probably do... I, I, know I'm gonna just, I said I would do my podcasting on Saturdays now, um, probably two times a month. I'm going to try to do whenever I can uh, this month due to this month being a little bit, you know, it's the first month of the year. And I want my podcast to be at least one to two hours. And it's only been like 30 minutes. <laughs> so I, I really want to get into that. Um, with the reports, I went, I went over that and... Your houses are your foundation to your future. That's where your money is. If you want to invest into your house, I, I always say the best investment to your house is going to be something that's going to add to the value of your house. So you don't want to just, you know, repair or redo your whole kitchen or redo your whole bathroom. That's not going to really add to the whole value of your home. You have a minimal amount. If you put $50,000 into your kitchen. Can you add $50,000 on top. As equity. That's your main key. Whatever you add to your home. That adds equity. Is going to add value. So adding a swimming pool in your backyard. Is adding value to your house. Putting brand new windows. In your house. Is adding value into your house. Changing out your kitchen counters and kitchen sinks are not adding much value to your house. Changing the floors, however, from carpet to tile is adding to the value of your house. Painting your house inside and out is not adding to the value of your house, but it is helping your foundation and your house itself to sustain itself for another five or six years. You should always paint your house within the first five or six years when you move in, if you haven't already painted it, and you should paint it every five to six years after that. So when I say add to the value of your house, I mean add something that's going to cost at least twenty to $25,000 to your house. Make sure it has at least one permit. A permit adds to the value of your home. No permits add no value to your home. So what happens if you go to sell your house, you have a swimming pool, you put it in, you did a private, no permit was pulled, even though you're supposed to have one. You are supposed to have a permit for your swimming pool, but you didn't get one. Do you get? Can you sell your house for $50,000 more, even though your pool costs 100000 or 75000 No, you cannot. 
If your house is valued at $500,000, you add a swimming pool, it should be at five fifty dollars or 580000 You still have to sell it for 500000 unless that pool is permanent. If the pool is permanent, you can now sell for 575000 or five eighty. Usually it's 20000 less than what you paid for the pool. If you paid 50000 30000 is added. You pay 100000 80000 is added. You pay 60000 40000 is added. You get my drift. Same thing with the windows. If you change six windows and it costs you $12,000, it's permitted by the company, it's a contractor, you will add the value of your home. Now, it's not the same way as a pool. If you change out for $12,000, you get $12,000 worth of uh, exchange. That's That will be added to your house. You know, that you go to sell the house, you can say 12000 They may try to haggle you down to $10,000. Um, you know, $2,000 less. But either way, you can add it. If you convert your garage to a room, you blocked off from the outside. It becomes a part of the house and it's a new room. It's permitted. You add value to your home, equity, and you can sell it for an additional amount. And that's how the whole uh, selling and, and adding equity into your home is, is accompanied. Equity can also be gathered by longevity and diversity. So the more you have, the longer you have your home and the area itself is a rich investment. So, you know, we don't buy houses. Some people will, I guess. You know, I buy houses within areas that I know are going to grow, not areas I know are not going to grow. But I guess some people out there, I have heard um, people buy houses in areas that just do not grow because it's, a 1979 house in a neighborhood of 1970s. And of course, you're not going to get high value for that. And you're not even going to go up in value in the next five or 10 years. You'll probably pay off your house before you even, you know, get any equity into that house. Um, but you buy a house 2014, 2016, 2017, you're going to be adding equity. It's very, very common because in those areas, they're going to be adding new houses. Because it's only a few years off, four to five years. Like in my area, we have a 2006. And I didn't think it was going to be high equity here. I thought it was going to stay at least 80000 over. Maybe 100000 max. But they're building new houses right down the street. They just built, they're building like 250,000 new houses. So they just took over so much land. And I can see already... Um, 5,000 houses on one block and on the other side and then down the down the road more. I live I live near a uh, a four-way intersection and five minutes away, four minutes away from a grocery store and Starbucks and another coffee machine called The Grind and a whole bunch of new houses are being built. It's just ridiculous. But that just added to the value of my home. I just checked my equity I just checked with my lender and my title company, and I also checked with a um, appraiser, and my house has gone up by almost two hundred thousand dollars just in the last year or two. So I'm I'm very very happy. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to refinance yet though because I have the lowest APR that I know of in my whole area. So it's probably best I don't refinance. 
I don't think anybody has as low as I have right now. 2.8% APR on a 30-year loan. It's very, very good. It's probably the lowest I've ever had in my life. On a house, at least. And I have four houses, so it's very difficult to, to get that low. All my other houses are over about 4 to 5.2. So this is like the lowest I have. Um, but yeah, so definitely adding equity into your house. Look for an area you're going to find that's going to have good growth. Don't find an area that's going to be stale. And uh, you'll have a good future. Well, that's all the time I have for today. And I hope to see you or hear from you all soon. I'll go ahead and add in um, some more music. And I will go ahead and try to get another podcast going here in the next couple of days or a week. If I'm not having too much fun. But if I don't see you, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And you have a great, great new year.